that moment when you've decided to quit the job and go full time on your side hustle. The excitement, the nervousness of telling the company that you're leaving to do your own thing, that what's going to happen? Am I doing the right thing? There couldn't be a more exciting moment. And way back in episode five, we were talking to Christina about should she quit her full time job? Let's find out what happened next. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Christina, welcome to the show. And after a intriguing message on Instagram, I'm dying to know what happened. Well, I gave notice to my job finally on <gasps> Tuesday, so two days ago. Wow. Yeah. So that that's it. You've given notice. How long do you have to work? I gave them a kind of a 30-day plus minus, you know, I want to work with them to find a transition that will leave them in the best possible place. So, you know, I told them I have the freedom to give them kind of a flexible notice. They have a lot to figure out now, but let me know what will work for you and how you want to, you know, tell the team. So I haven't really told anyone else other than my bosses because they want to kind of figure it out and decide how to break the news. Yes. So how do you feel? How did it's you feel amazing. after doing it? <laughs> so good. It's funny because I I sat down with my one boss and I set the in-person meeting, right? And then she moved it the day earlier, which I was kind of okay with because, you know, I decided over the weekend previous, like Saturday, Sunday, I decided I'm doing it Wednesday. It's going to be done. And then when I decided, then all of a sudden I just wanted to do it. Right. And I was really excited. But then I was like, well, it's going to be, it's weird enough. I'm asking to meet in person. If I start trying to meet earlier, it's going to be strange. And then when she was like, oh, I'm really open Tuesday. Can we move to Tuesday? At first I was like, anxiety. I'm like, you know, and I think you said, (laughs) Like, you know, well, if you don't want to do it, like you're in control, like you do this how you want. But then I was like, no, I kind of am happy. I'll just get it done. Mm -hmm. I had the letter written already. So, yeah, we sat down and, you know, I told her, uh, she's like, yeah, I kind of knew. Like, she's like, when someone (laughs) sets a meeting like that, I guess, you know, in this world of Zoom, someone wants to set an in-person meeting. You're like, okay, what is it? Uh, yeah. And she was really supportive and it went really well. And then in the afternoon, I got a text from my other boss, her husband, he goes, Diana told me about the conversation and, uh, <laughs> and I go, Oh, he's like, Uh-oh. can we talk later? And I'm like, yeah. So I was like, Oh no, I got, it's like beating the whole dungeon. And now you have to do the big boss battle. You're like, nah. <laughs> was he okay? Yeah. I mean, he tried to keep me, but it didn't work. Well, this is flattering. Yeah. This is definitely flattering. When someone tries to keep you, you should absolutely be flattered. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, how did you feel afterwards? Because immediately after you left the meeting, how did you feel? What happened? I mean, it was like just such a high, really. Like, I think knowing that I'm in the place for this, like, I guess financially, like just being able to do this, taking control of my life and finally hitting these goals for myself. Yeah, it's, it's so exciting. That is amazing. That is amazing. So like, tell me, you decided the weekend before, what is it that prompted this decision? Because 
it's been, I think I was actually editing the episode where you saying you were quitting this week. And that's been sort of, I think, six episodes ago. So in human life terms, six episodes times about two weeks plus Christmas is about three or four months ago we were actually talking about it. What changed? What happened? What prompted this? It's partly just living with the idea for a few months and really getting it into my body and brain. And I think it's also that I... I just think it's being ready because financially, not much has changed too much. Mm. I mean, I've continued to put money away, but it's not like all of a sudden I was like, oh, I have two years of expenses saved, you know? Yes. (laughs) It wasn't. And with with the job, because with the earning limitations of that, there's only so much with the time limitations, earning limitations, there's only so much I could do on the side or put away. And I've been seeing growth and I've been seeing to grow even more. I need the time. And I've just been kind of running on fumes for a couple months now. Like, Mm. you know, I, I work during the day. And then I work (laughs) during the evening. And then, (laughs) you know, if my boyfriend's in town, it's like, it gives me anxiety because I can't, you know, do the stuff I need to do. And so I think all those things together and doing that for so long now. And I was, you know, I was kind of waiting because I had all the guilt issues. I was waiting for the a good time to let them down. And it <laughs> turns out I yeah. just kept waiting for a good moment because, you know, they fired someone in November. I got promoted. And I was like, well, now I can't leave them. Then we finally hired someone and it's not working out really swimmingly. And I was like, cause I was like, Oh, we're going to hire someone. They'll be great. It will be less of a blow. And then that didn't turn out. And so I was like, I just can't keep waiting for this perfect moment because it is not happening. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> It's the green light theory. You know, the green light theory of if you're going to make a journey, I know Mm -hmm. you live in LA. So let's imagine you were going to drive to LA to San Francisco. Would you wait for the perfect moment of traffic where all the green lights, you know, all the traffic lights are green before you leave? No. Um, and never if you happens. <laughs> did that, it would never happen, especially yeah. with the traffic where you live. I've lived there as well. It's insane. Yeah. And there's never a perfect moment. And I think it's really interesting. We want to wait for a good moment for the other person. And yeah. I understand that. That's kind hearted. It just, it rarely exists. There's always something that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so you've done it. I've done you've it. You've done it. <laughs> Now now comes this realization of, oh, you've got 30 days left and then that's it. You're on your own business. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. I'm just excited for all the things I can do. And, you know, I think there's a lot I can do while I'm getting everything ramped up to even add value or outreach in the community even. Like, I know I'll have probably a lot more free time in the beginning, so definitely like networking and sharing what I do will be important. So I'd love to do some little like shoots for some of the local businesses that are struggling, just a way to meet community Mm. folks as well. So I'm just excited that I'll have like this free time and bandwidth to do so much as far as ramp up my outreach and networking and, you know, also being able to actually give back and do shoots for some local businesses, which I do here and there. But when you have some paid projects and you have a full-time job, it's like you have to 
be really careful about what you take on. So, yes, yeah. saying yes can end you up with a lot of work at times. I have said yes yeah. to a lot of things in the early days, and then you come to doing it, and you're like, "Why did I say yes to this? I, I have to have a life as well at some stage." Yeah, I've learned to set boundaries on the stuff. If I tell someone, "Oh, I'll do a free little shoot for you," like it has to have boundaries. It's going to be like. We'll spend an hour and you're getting this many images and that's what it is. You know? Yes. Yeah. And please tag me in the social media yeah, post afterwards. That, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty please. Um, <laughs> and introduce me to your other business friends. No. Well, that kind of comes afterwards. Yeah. So I think that's actually the piece that people don't do with free stuff, Christina, is the after bit. They do yeah. the free project and then they just kind of go, well, okay, I've done the free project. That's it. But the call afterwards is, so how did it go on social media? Did you get reaction to the images? Did it help? And having that chat afterwards can actually lead to business for the person or can lead to, oh, you thought it was good. That's great. Do you know anyone else that you think would need help with this kind of work? And I don't think, and this is me included, this because this is exactly what I did. I would do the free session I would never do the follow-up to the free session to actually turn it into the work. And I think so many people understand the concept of giver's gain, which is one of those cheesy expressions, but it's true. Like if you give stuff, things come back to you. They just don't do the work that it takes to get the thing to happen afterwards. It's not even a pushy thing. It's just tell me what happened, what worked, who else can I speak to? And it's incredible what value you can get. But I never did that. I never did that in the early days. And if I did, I think I would have been two, three times further forwards in half the time. Yeah. I was talking to a friend via Facebook who owns a business as well. And we were talking about following up, especially with people who cross over clients and also like friends, Mm -hmm. the people you know outside, but you've done work for. And she kind of brought that same thing up because it's always awkward to, I even realized that I don't follow up as much as I should with any project I've done. Because you just, I think you take the acceptance of, oh, hey, they look great. We downloaded them, et cetera. Or that was a really awesome, whatever. You know, you just take that as like, oh, it went well. But I was like, oh, I should follow up like, you know, after it's been shared, after things have been posted, after things have been utilized and say, you know, how did it work out for you? What can we fine tune next time? And I realize that I don't even follow up as much. I kind of take at face value the initial, oh, here you go. And then, oh, looks nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that is something that I should definitely put as a, I guess, a step in every project instead of before just checking it off like, oh, it was paid. It should also there should be a follow up of some sort. There should absolutely be that follow up. And I guess the question I'd be asking is, why are these people buying your service? So if you can think of one project that you haven't followed up with, have you got a sort of, tell me roughly what it is, what type of photograph or what did you do for them? Yeah, I have one because I'd like to book them on some new stuff um, also. So that would be a good thing to see how they felt about it. But yeah, it was a couple months packages of cocktails, recipes and photos themed for kind of some holidays. Oh, that's cool. So why are they buying those? So they are a glassware company and they are buying those to show how to use their product, like in a table setting, and then also build engagement with the recipes. 
Cool. So showing how to use their product, what does that mean to them? If they show people how to use the product, what does it mean to them? Showing the product in, you know, in a real life setting and table setting, it just sparks an imagination as to how that product could work in your home. And what does that mean to them? More sales. <laughs> and what does that mean to them? More money. More success. <laughs> and what does that mean to them? Um, a rocket ship to the moon. Um, or whatever <laughs> whatever it is that they their hearts desire to buy. Or if their business has like growth goals. There's a really interesting point that I'm getting to. There's actually two okay. in this little bit. Uh-oh. Number one is behind every corporate goal, there is a personal goal. I don't care what the organization is. I don't care how big it is. The person is doing it because they want to get promoted. They want to hit their bonus targets. They want to build their team. They want to establish their position. They're in danger of getting fired and they want to have a home run so that they can show the company they're doing good things. Behind every single goal for a corporate organization, there is a personal goal. And if we know what that is and we can help that person get it, they will love us forever. I know I love that when someone comes to me and say, I know you're trying to achieve this. I think I can help you get it. And they do. You're like, you're amazing. Just (laughs) let me hire you to do more, please. Um, So I think knowing that. And the second bit I was actually driving for, there's this sentence, which means to them, which means to you. So when you're thinking about the projects, they want nice photos. Great. What does that mean? It means engagement. Great. What does that mean? It means people can visualize how they would actually use your product. Great. What does that mean? Sales. What does that mean? And actually, what we need to go back to them with is not just did you like the images because they'll go, yes, it was lovely and then Mm -hmm. never talk to you again. It's okay. So the images, how did they work on social? Did they get you the engagement? Did that lead to more people to your website? Have you been able to track the stats? Have you been able to show that X equals more sales? Because if we can get the proof that your images are driving sales, how easy is it to close them for the next deal? Yeah, that's a good point. So it's like just asking the right question about them. Because like, obviously, it's absolutely that. they look nice. Yeah. But... They look nice. Yeah. <laughs> I did them. They obviously look yeah. nice. Uh, <laughs> um, and looking nice is lovely, but that doesn't drive what they're ultimately paying you for. And if those images don't translate to the sales and the growth and the branding and the different items they actually want behind the pretty images, then they're not going to keep rehiring. And that ideally is, you know, did that whole campaign of those uh, guides to cocktails, the pictures, how did that work for you? What was the social engagement? And there might actually be an element here of if it didn't get the results it might be worth you spending 20 minutes having a look at the social posts to try and work out why they didn't get engagement. And it's an opportunity for you to re-engage, add value and go, I've had ideas. I think we can do better this time with this, with that. This is what I would recommend. Then you're adding value as an agent more than just taking photos. You're a bigger piece of the thing. You become a trusted advisor that wants to help them succeed. And that's a whole different world, Christina, when they see you as someone who, like, this is a person who's thinking about my business and wants to help me win. (laughs) Yeah. When can you talk to me? And I think there's a lot of value in 
someone coming to you and saying, I've looked at this, I've thought this through, here's what I've come up with, let me execute it. Instead of someone, because that's the thing that people have to figure out every day. It's it's exhausting. And if you're busy, you know, someone just comes to you and says, I've thought this through. Here's how I think we can make it even more impactful. You're solving problems for them. Why wouldn't you say, yeah, yeah go, let's do it. Which is the whole game. If you can add value to their organization or to them as a human being, they will love working with you. And the more you go back to them with those ideas, those different bits, if you can help them take credit within their own organization for your ideas, it's wonderful. They will love like making someone else look good. <laughs> they love yeah. that. Uh, I love that. If someone makes me look good, I just kind of go, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I love you too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So if we can find those people and we can make them look good and they've got the budget for the work you're doing and they're winning, you're winning like that's the ideal relationships. And I think that work of following up and going, did it actually produce the result you want? And let's get clear about what actually is the purpose of this. Why are you actually doing this? Why are you actually paying me? And let's really get clear on that. Even retrospectively, it's good to do that. Yeah. I think that I haven't done as much of that. So I did One of the things I recently set up, I'm doing a project with a friend, so I had her test it for me, is an intake form because Mm. I've been listening to some podcasts and some other creatives like kind of do a client intake form and ask, you know, your budget, what are you looking, what deliverables specifically are you looking for? Kind of just filtering all the stuff that I need to find out anyways, but just putting them on one place. So I think one of the things I could add or even in my conversations, like make a note to make sure that I get is what is your, yeah, what is your goal for this? Not just as like, what deliverables do you want from me? And what is your budget? But I think one of the other things is what do you see this doing in an engagement regard? What kind of reaction response are you looking for? And why is that missing? Why don't you have it right now? Now there's a fascinating question. Yeah. Yeah. What reaction do you want to get? Because that could actually lead to all sorts of ideas for the creative shoot itself. Yeah. What reaction do you want from your audience? Yeah, because maybe they want to throw them off. So maybe we need to do something completely different. Or maybe they're trying to be less (laughs) (laughs) of what I (laughs) Maybe they're trying to wrangle it back in. I don't know. Yes. Are you looking to shock them? Are you looking to (laughs) please them? Are you looking to excite them? Yeah. How do you want your audience to react? And what outcome do you want that reaction to lead to? Yeah, do you want to be banned from Twitter or? <laughs> well, I can... we've got some good examples of that. Yeah, yeah. we've got a perfect playbook. So... so intake forms are a great thing to have with new clients. There's just one watch out I have. Okay. Uh, which Katie and I hired a personal trainer over the summer, and he had this incredible intake form. And it had all sorts of questions and we filled it all in and we sent in body pictures and he was like, what do you eat on a day-to-day basis and this and that? And it's very detailed. And he came back to us with a plan and sent us this plan with all this information. It felt very uh, professional. And then we had the first call with him and we followed the plan. It all felt good. And then I started to get, after about 10 days of following his plan, I lost energy. I felt bad. I was lying on the couch at two in the afternoon destroyed and that's not me christina i am the energizer bunny i have energy 
And I went back to him and said, it's killing me. Like, I have no energy. And we had several conversations, painful ones. And he would start to ask questions of, so what was your diet beforehand? Or what did you eat? And it was very clear to me he'd never read my intake form. Oh, wow. And he'd never read the stuff. And I think... He just has a one-size-fit-all, he probably... That was exactly it. And each call, he was like, well, okay, my one tool to fix this is give you more calories. And he would give me more calories. And then five days later, I'm like, I'm still exhausted. And then he would give me more calories. And five days later, I'm still exhausted. And nothing really changed. So we ended up like that was the end of that. It really did not go well. The thing is, is only ask the questions if you're going to follow through and at least say, I've heard your goal on your intake form. I don't think that's realistic. What's realistic for this project is this, because you'll get a bunch of people who say, like, I want these five posts and it will generate 10,000 sales in two days. And you'll go, well, I'm not sure that's realistic. Let's look at those goals and have that chat up front. But if you if you don't listen to what's on the intake form and respond to it, like that can create more damage in the long term than actually asking, not asking the question at all. So it's really important to, if they come with unrealistic expectations or they come with information to just, like, even if it's just, a, if this guy had just five minute reviewed my intake form before he spoke to me on the phone. So he'd installed all of that information I'd spent ages working on for him in his head and then had the call. I would have felt like he cared. Yeah. Or even bothered to review it and reference it during your talk or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a really important piece of don't ask questions that you <laughs> can't act on. Or if you ask the question, tell them that's yeah. unachievable with what we're doing. Or if you want that, it's going to be a bigger package than the one you bought. Like if yeah. that's really your goal, we are going to have to do a seismic shift in activity to achieve what you want to achieve. But at least you know that up front rather than doing the project. And then they're a little bit disappointed afterwards Yeah, because they had unrealistic expectations. Yeah. And I definitely think that's a thing that I've, those are kind of the pieces that I have not thought of until now. I've always thought of, okay, what's the thing? What do you need? Let's make it look nice. Here's the thing. But I never, I've never asked those questions of what is your ultimate goal with, like, obviously the goal isn't just to get nice looking pictures. It's for those pictures to drive something. And so I think the thing I've never really asked is what do you want this to drive? What are your specific, like in your head, what is this going to do for you aside from looking pretty? So I think that's like an important part of the conversation to incorporate because it's also looking at their, you know, I can look at their social and their stuff and say, you don't even have those followers yet. I think one photo posted isn't going to overnight change your, your following. Yeah, it's definitely not going to change your following one photo and as a whole bit. And by having that conversation, you actually create a connection with the organization at a far deeper level. Because you're not just a contractor that creates the pretty, pretty picture. You're you're more of a brain. <laughs> you're more of an intelligence that can assist them with what they're doing. And they're having conversations with you about their real goals and what they're progressing on. But that puts you at an entirely different level of conversation with each organization than what's the photo you want. Here it is. Good luck. Yeah. I feel like there's a whole set in. of conversations you can have with the previous customers now about did it help you achieve your goals what were the goals that could lead to all sorts of new business yeah 
I think so too. I'm excited to incorporate that. I love that. Okay. So what are we going to specifically, you know, it, it's probably that point in the conversation where I go, what are we actually going to do about this stuff? Because we've had a nice chat. I always like the closing questions. What specifically are we going to do about this, Christina? What's the next actions from this lovely chat about corporate goals and personal goals and ultimate goals? Well, I am going to add to my intake form or just even put, because I have notes on what I need to know going into something and then kind of my process for closing out each individual contract. So I want to add to the front part, whether it's on the intake form or in the conversation, what are your goals for this or what's the purpose of this aside from the physical deliverables? Like why? What do you see this doing for you or your company or your business, your product um, as far as you know, engagement, et cetera? And then on the back end, I want to add as a piece to my process, okay, invoices out, this, that, a follow-up conversation, probably once I see them posting or using whatever I've sent over Mm. and say, how did it go? Was it different than you expected? What can we shift in the future? What would you like to see compared to what happened? And then as an actual thing I can do now to look at those is I can follow up with clients I've worked with and say, how did it go? Because I want to reach out to a few anyways, be like, you know, I'm booking right now for like summer projects. And I could be like, how did these previous ones go? What kind of engagement did you see? What kind of engagement would you like to see? Do we need to change the formatting? Yeah, what worked well? What thoughts did that give you from the client engagement? What has that led you to think about your next project? Mm. There's some great questions to find out where they're going next. And I think that's that's a beautiful natural flow of what happened to the last project. What's the real goal you were after? How can we help you move you towards that goal with the next project? And that's a really nice conversation to have to help people think about that. Yeah, cool. I like that. So what are you most excited about for when you get free to full-time go into fresh print media? Well, I'm probably just going to lay on the floor for a day. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to take a one-day sabbatical. and uh... (laughs) You're allowed to, or maybe five. Yeah. (laughs) Originally, originally, when I was thinking about doing this, I was like, I'm just going to take a week off because... I never have, but I'm actually so excited to work on everything that I don't <laughs> want to. But I may just like recoup for a day and not do anything because I have been like 24/7 lately. But I think I'm I'm a big planner of time and days. Like the blocking my day out works really well for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, right now I it's blocked from, you know, I start at 8 a.m. I actually I work out at 7 a.m. I start work at 8 a.m. I finish up with them like 4:35 and then I you know, work another four or five hours for myself. So I'm just going to shift it to the morning and, you know, start off with my marketing, those cold emails, get them out of the way, and then get to kind of block out the creative and the other outreach stuff. And yeah, just attack it. I'm really excited to set my day up. I like when I'm done by like 435. Mm. And if I choose to work on stuff, I can, but it's not like it has to be done. So it it kind of kills me a little to have to work until like eight or nine, because I don't know, I just want to like, just sit back. So I'm excited to be able to work away at my stuff. And I think those hours that are ideal for me to do it 
I have the natural light for the photos and yeah, I'll take all the things that I've learned from you, take all the things I've learned from, you know, now working from home and being self-motivated and self-structured for a year. It, to be honest, that's been a great learning experience because I know I can do that now. I can structure, I can motivate myself and and do the things. So I'm excited to apply all that energy and like, you know, organization to myself and my own thing. I love that because now you've got your prime time, your good energy time that's not for someone else. It's for you. Yeah. It's for your business. It's for your clients. And that you're going to see a seismic shift in the uh, the progress you make on that stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also not using up that like decision energy all day. You know, it's, I'm not making decisions on something else all day. And then, cause sometimes at the, at the end of the night, I'm just like, I don't want to think my brain doesn't want to work, but you, you mm-hmm. have to do it. So I know when I'm fresher, <laughs> it'll be a lot better. Have you heard of the decision point theory that you only have so many decision points a day? Oh, I have. And I think I've pushed that to the limit many times. <laughs> I have that. I have some days where I am on. I am making decisions. I'm focused. But then by five o'clock, I'm just out of decision points. And Katie says, "Uh, what would you like for dinner? And I just kind of have this meltdown on the couch. (laughs) Don't ask me a question. I can't do it. Don't make me make a choice. Uh, my boyfriend will be like have an opinion i'm like i've had them all day like done. i'm out i'm out of opinions like, um, just give me food <laughs> yes so using those decision points on the stuff that really matters for you which is probably why i spend my entire life in either fi t-shirts or superhero t-shirts because i just don't care i just like i have a stack of t-shirts i will wear one i don't even choose it's just the top one i don't spend my decision points on clothing which probably people listening to this well you wouldn't know it's a podcast excellent i've got away with it um (laughs) he's wearing a very nice suit (laughs) thank you very nice suit i've got my mad scientist t-shirt on I love Brandon stuff, but I don't spend decision points on that. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff I have streamlined to not spend decision points on. And I try and spend them on like I come to these calls excited and full of energy. Then yeah. there's sort of half an hour afterwards where I need <laughs> I need a moment to recoup. Yeah. Um yeah, but my decision points go into my podcast helping Simon with Rebel Business School and growing that, like the stuff that actually matters rather yeah. than, yeah, well, the stuff that actually matters to me. Let's be careful with that sentence because in certain industries is very important what you wear and how you show up. And that's less important for me being a podcaster. So let's be very important. I've minimized the stuff that's not important to me because it's different for every one yeah. of us. Agreed. I think that maybe is part of the tipping point of why I finally made this call to leave the job is before I, you know, because someone was fired, I got promoted before I was promoted. I could kind of just like, I was given things and I just worked away and got them done, but I wasn't the decision maker when I got promoted. Then all of a sudden, and I feel like that's made me more fatigued, like just having to be the the decision maker and the driving force between two different businesses was like, ugh. (laughs) And that's why I like blocking my days out too, is because I've decided ahead of time. It's like, oh, I don't feel like getting up and working out. Well, it was decided. 
it kind of takes the burden off, you know, Sunday, I kind of set most of my week, I schedule in some like free blocks where I could do whatever, but I kind of have it laid out. And then it's not my decision anymore. And that's something nice about that. It makes it so much easier when stuff pops up into my head. Oh, I could do this thing on Facebook. And they're like, nope, nope, you could schedule that later. (laughs) So yes, do what you've decided to do. Because yeah, past Christina was making good decisions. <laughs> she yeah. had energy. She scheduled this stuff because it's important. Yeah. So, yay. Oh, oh, I'm so excited for you. Uh, yeah, what else can I do to support you? I mean, I'll let you know in 30 days when I, <laughs> when I have a meltdown. No, no, I'll be fine. But we'll see. I mean, right now, yeah, I'm going to focus on, you know, the Dream 100 and the cold emails. And then I feel like, we can potentially add and see how it's going when this transition all finishes. So I'm excited to see what happens. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. Cool. Christina, you are a legend. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing so openly the journey, what you're going through, what you experience. um, Because I think it's going to be a real inspiration to the people are listening because we all go through the same things when we're doing this business stuff. And uh, not many people openly talk about the ups and downs and the craziness. And I really appreciate your openness. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. So Christina quit. She's going full time. (laughs) Well, that brings a whole host of new things for us to discuss in the coming episodes. I hope you're enjoying the coaching episodes as they move forwards. And you can go along with the journey of your business with Christina and experience it all going forwards. And I just... I think it's an incredible experience to have that openness from a real life business as to what's going on and how it works. And the jubilation of Christina, the high and the buzz of leaving and being financially ready to grow her own business and take control of her own life is just phenomenal. And I'm so excited for her. So here's the summary for this episode. Here are the main things I want you to take away from this. Number one is... Behind every corporate goal, there is a personal goal. And that, that is the thing I want you to start to uncover. Why are people doing this? Why are they hiring you? What do they want to achieve? How does it work? And I always remember back in the day when I was doing grounds maintenance, I was applying for a very large contract And the contract was these bunch of houses. There was about, I think, 5,000 homes they wanted maintained on a fortnightly basis. And the contract said, grass has to be kept X millimeters. Hedges need to be trimmed X number of times. Litter needs to be picked and all these different elements. And that was the contract. But I went for lunch with the guy who was issuing the contract to try and find out what was it actually behind the contract that he wanted? And during that discussion, I was able to find out his biggest pain point. And his biggest pain point was actually the complaints when the grass wasn't cut. So if the grounds maintenance people didn't turn up on the right day, the people in the homes would complain, he would get lots of calls, and that was his bane of his existence. So actually what he really wanted, the goal behind the contract was to make his life easier and to remove the complaint calls. And as part of the pitch that we were putting in, I offered a service where we would take all of the complaint calls directly 
And then we would give him an Excel spreadsheet with a list of the complaints and what we had done to fix them at the end of every week, thus eliminating his biggest pain in his world at that point. And, well, it would be a rubbish story if we didn't actually win the contract. Uh, We did win the contract. We were one of their favorite suppliers. And that's what you need to do is find out what does the actual person need behind the contract? What are they actually trying to buy? If you can do that, it leads to incredible places. And the second thing from this episode that I'd love you to take, which is the sentence, which means to you or which means to them. So they're buying pictures, which means, oh, they want engagement, which means, oh, they want sales, which means they'll increase profitability, which means (laughs) happy days, yachts, filling the sip, celebrations, whatever it is. That's what they're really buying and that's what they're trying to get to. So if you can really understand the goal behind the goal by using the sentence, which means to you, then, then you can truly understand the client, help them work towards it, tell them what your limitations are, what their expectations of your product should be, how it fits in, what else they should be doing. That is when you really understand the people you work for and it changes the relationship dynamic. So those are the two things that I'd love you to take away. And the action I'd love you to do is if you are actually in business right now, please find five recent customers that you haven't touched base with since you provided whatever it is you do. Maybe you sell food, maybe you do photography, maybe you do something else. You're in an escape room. I don't know what it is, but find five clients that you have not been in touch with since you sold them something and speak to them. Give them a call, ask them if they were happy, ask them what happened, ask them what they're working on next and have a chat to them because it's incredible what comes when you go back to the clients that have worked with you, show you care and support them. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. Tune in for the next episode as I will be to find out what happens as Christina leaves her job and gets to go full-time in her business. Thank you for listening. Stay in touch. Send me a message. Good luck. Go out there and create the life you always wanted to live. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.